Kiwi Yarns with Brody Kane. Kia ora and welcome to Kiwi Yarns. Now, Tim Lightbourne is with me today, and Tim is the co founder and director of Invivo Wines. And it's very convenient because I like to research and take these things seriously. Um, and when I, when I discovered, obviously, that Invivo Wines has gin, and um, anybody who knows me will know that we, we're like boyfriend and girlfriend, me and gin. Um, so in the spirit of really uh, getting into this interview and, you know, being open and transparent with the listeners, I am having the Graham Norton pink gin tim all right so this is the first i'm gonna have the first sip okay this is the first time i've ever tried it okay perfect oh oh that's nice good yes i'll just have another (laughs) wee follow-up sip Mm. that's brilliant that's brilliant um now look can i just um say you know i've done a lot of reading about uh you and rob and the huge success story but i do love the simplicity of the intro for you on your own page and it says that you make wine and gin your mates would drink, talk about it the same way they would, honest, down to earth and without the BS. It then goes on to say that's been the deal since you started back in 2008. Two homesick Kiwis in a London pub with a dream of taking New Zealand wine to the world. Two maxed out credit cards and a vintage later they were away. Now when you look back and think about that moment, does that seem like a lifetime ago? Yeah, it, it seems a uh, really long time ago. Um, you know, sitting in a pub, literally in London, having a few beers, um, to, yeah, unlike sort of many ideas where you have a few beers with mates uh, and you think, okay, we should do this. Uh, we actually kind of ended up following through with this and we thought, damn, we've actually got to do it. And then, um, so we came back to New Zealand, um, put all our money, our savings into launching in vivo. And it was like at the start of the um, GFC, so there was no banks. Perfect timing. Harvest, so <laughs> exactly. Right? And um, it was the largest ever harvest in Sauvignon Blanc that year from New Zealand. So what that meant was that we were making one wine of Sauvignon and there was so much around um, that no retailers really wanted to stock us as well, right? So we, <laughs> we basically had to stand in any store that would take us every Saturday, Sunday, Friday night, and then, like, mates were out and things, and we'd be having to hand sell six bottles, so they'd reorder another six. Um, and it kind of went, went like that uh, for the first few years. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's obviously over the last few years really taken off for us. I, I love the fact, because I do, um, with, with some of the wonderful guests that um, I've had on Kiwi Yarns, it's like, surely that was to an idea over a glass of wine or something, and, and I'm so glad that um, we've reached one with you. Um, and, I mean, great ideas do come out of pubs in London. Um, but, we okay, so you make that decision. That you're like, this is a great idea. Obviously, Rob knows a thing or two about chucking a bit of wine together, but how do you actually then just go, oh, well, okay, we we want to start a winery. Well, we need we need a winery and, and we need some grapes and we need to grow these things and um, we, we need to go back to New Zealand and where are we going to do this? Like, how, how does it actually – did you did you have any idea what you were getting yourselves into? <laughs> well, with Rob, obviously, yeah, being that winemaker, he knew a hell of a lot more than me, so I had no background in wine. There was not a sort of a family generation history that I could sort of call upon. Uh, so – Rob basically said, look, I'll go out and find us some grapes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go buy some grapes. And, oh, so you uh, can, sorry, to, you can just go and buy grapes. You can go and buy grapes. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh. Yep. So we approached a couple of growers mm. uh, and they said, yep, we're keen to study the grapes. And then but we didn't have a winery ourselves, right? <laughs> so, so the winery is obviously where everything gets processed and where it gets bottled um, and goes into the tank there. So we borrowed someone else's winery, leased some space in the wineries because we couldn't afford to buy our own. So there's one thing, we couldn't afford to buy vineyards all around Marlborough. Um, and secondly, we couldn't yeah, afford to buy a winery, so we leased some space. So Rob would go into this winery and make the wine. He'd be in and out, so they make the wine. We're just going to use the tanks for a little bit, and we're going to use a bottling line here, uh, and we had our label. Uh, so that's kind of how it worked. Um, we weren't sort of millionaire guys that could suddenly throw a whole lot of money, and then basically everything we sold, we just put back um, into making more wine for the following year. So we really didn't pay ourselves too much. It's most you know, startups would know you're not really paying yourself for anything just to, to survive, really, and ease and pay rent and that sort of stuff. So that's kind of how we built it up by using really other people's gear and, and growers that we brought on board initially um, and are still with us today, 12 years later. Um, we have about 25 growers in New Zealand now. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite fascinated about that. So, because I almost think like, I liken it to Adidas saying, hey, Nike, can I borrow your warehouse to make my shoes? Like, I wasn't aware that there was such, that there could be such a connection, you know, to be able to use someone else's stuff, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's quite a collaborative industry down there. So we borrowed some space, made our wine and, um, you know, and, and, and use that gear. And, and it worked well for the first sort of, five, six years for us before we could afford to have our own place um, as we built it up. So it was a way that we could um, make sure there was some authenticity that we were still making our wine. Rob was, you know, working with the growers, telling them when to pick and all that sort of stuff. And um, he would control making it and bottling it as well. So there was, we could then go to buyers and say, well, we, we are making this as our growers. We don't have this big flash winery um, yet, one day. But here's how we do it. And that was a fairly unique story for us. And and then obviously, to, I, I will admit that I'm not the most schooled up on crowdfunding, but I happen to know that this is the um, the largest crowdfunded company in the Southern Hemisphere. So how did that, that – that's how the company was built essentially, right? Yeah, so, well, initially it was just uh, our own funds and we had one other person that invested back in 08. Yeah. Uh, so we built it up organically like that. We, oh, we couldn't even get an overdraft initially for the business, like $1,000 from the bank. They were just good luck, guys. So <laughs> come back a few years later and, and see how you go. Um, so we, in 2015, I'd been watching crowdfunding in the UK and it hadn't been made, you know, hadn't been approved in New Zealand yet, but I had watched particularly craft beer brands in the UK where crowdfunding had been a thing, uh, go out to their, their sort of their supporters, their customers, and say, look, you like our product, do you want to own some of our product? And we'd also seen Kickstarter, but Kickstarter's a little different where it's kind of you're just giving someone some money to launch an idea, but you don't own a piece of it. So equity crowdfunding was super interesting for us. Uh, in a way that people could invest on a platform, not having to throw you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we could start at I think it was five hundred dollars. So it was not your lifetime savings. You could own a piece of um, our business. And so we went. We spent about six months out on the road, presenting um, what we were going to do, the ideas, and what we'd done. And we at the time were sort of about the third or fourth company in New Zealand to to crowdfund. I'd seen a couple of the craft um, beer guys go. Um, so 
but when we launched, we weren't sure how much we'd actually um, raise as well. So that was a thing. So we thought we may get to sort of 300,000, 400,000. Um, but it turned out uh, on the first day, we were over a million dollars. Um, it's a good day. Public, right? <laughs> it was an amazing day. It was help. We did a few fun things behind the scenes. We had um, uh, TV news cameras come down and we had like this gong and we'd made this big start button to the campaign and um, they put it on news that night and it, I think it jumped 500 grand after it was on the news. Wow. So it was, a, it was and you're watching this thing the whole time go up and up and up and people could, you know, some people were investing sort of 50,000 that we didn't know and it was, it's amazing investments for us. So that was the first round we made $2 million, which had never been done in New Zealand, let alone the Southern Hemisphere. And that was the maximum you could do. Yeah. And we got, we managed 420 shareholders um, from that first round. So um, that was, then two years later, we did another round where it was about 2.7 plus about another 2 million on top of that that came in from uh, the public and from private equity as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was hard, <laughs> but uh, we're really proud. And we have, 735 shareholders now. And um, and they're just yeah. all, all sorts of Kiwis? Yeah, like right around the country. And we have an AGM with them every year. So Rob and I get up on stage and present. We get about 200 people to the AGM, which is more than sort of most listed companies, I think. And probably helped by the fact we give them free wine. Yes. So, <laughs> and gin. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, they're pretty engaged a lot. Uh, you know, they emailing us pretty much every day someone is about <laughs> what we should be doing but yeah. obviously support as well you know so uh, but it's good it's like having 700 odd sales reps for us around the country and so a crowdfunded company will it always it'll, and it'll always be that way so it will always be those people that believed in you or saw something at the start yep yep so you know and those ones that came on initially have seen sales rise. I was working out the other day, over 400% since they invested in 2015. Yeah. So they took, they took a chance on us and sales have gone up and obviously the value of their shares will go up as the company grows and things, which is cool. So when you look at where you are now then, um, and I mean, you know, obviously the, the, the challenges with the banks and, oh, we don't have a winery and we don't have any grapes, but we'll go and find those. Can you remember any particular dare I say it, cock-ups, mistakes along the way that, are, that sort of come to mind? Uh, <clears throat> no, we kind of – we don't sort of dwell on too many – I mean, we've tried a lot of things over the years and tried to cut through in different ways. And, you know, it's a pretty competitive industry globally for wine. And, you know, we launched – I think of one product, we launched these wine spritzers uh, five, six years ago, kind of before – um, I see all these sort of hard salsas coming in around the world now, but we'd launched these spritzes where you had wine infused with strawberry in these bottles. Like a, um, they were probably a bit before their time and <laughs> we didn't make up make any money on those, but they were popular. But, you know, we've tried MPD, move fast. If it doesn't work, then we'll just sort of scrap it um, pretty quickly, I think. But apart from that, I sort of can't. Think of any, um, I guess what I mean is you, you, you're in a you're at the mercy of whether people like what you make or not. So I guess there's so much risk with it. Like you, do you know what I mean? I mean, and does that in turn mean then okay, well that wasn't necessarily a cock up or a mistake, but we won't do it again. Um, it's such that kind of industry, it seems though, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, we tr we try and read the 
read the audience, read the room as much as we can. So we export 80% of our product. So we're, we're, you know, when we were allowed to fly around, we were in the, around the world and with customers. I'm literally still standing in stores today, you know, when we launched in US last year. Um, I was just listening to what people say, what they like. And, um, yeah, it's just hearing their story, hearing what they like about New Zealand wine. With the partnerships with, um, you know, with Graham Norton and Sarah Jessica Parker, they both have very different tastes. And it's really interesting for us. So we're making wine for them that they think would resonate for the for their sort of I guess their followers <laughs> and their customers and stuff. So um, it's just kind of listening to what the market says as opposed to here's our wine, you better like it or not. Well, I guess that sort of comes with um, a few of the comments that have been made in terms of it, it's for our mates and it's the, you know like it's for people like us as opposed to what was it like the the old school uncle you know nose up yeah. in the air type scenario thing yeah yeah i think we worked out pretty quickly that there are a lot of wineries in new zealand around the world that could talk about family generation of winemaking history way better than we could they could talk about soils and land and um you know that side of things the technical the terroir that you call it the land and way better than us as well and that's their thing so we had to find our place uh in this whole sort of category in the market space and we felt that you know why don't we just be ourselves here's someone that our mates would drink and 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 you know and put you know in the front of our labels on one of our wines for the peanut it's made from grapes time and two max our credit cards brilliant <laughs> so, so that kind of uh, approach is kind of, is where we're, we're at, and it's um, it's kind of a lot of fun um, to do it that way. Okay, right. So uh, Graham Norton, now tell me, did you did you literally phone someone and just say, hey, does Graham want to try some of our wine? Is that actually what happened? Yeah, basically, I read that he liked New Zealand wine. Right. I think I read it in the TV guide. Um, <laughs> Years ago, so I thought, oh, hang on, um, you know, I've been watching a show and noticed that Graham and all his guests on the show, you know, love um, we're all drinking wine. So I rang up the show and said, where are you guys getting the wine? And I managed, you know, about a million calls late at night in the UK. Spoke to someone in production and they said, oh, we're just getting the wine from the local store. So I um, said, well, we're a New Zealand wine producer. I know Graham loves New Zealand wine. Would he be keen to try our wine? So they... Um, they agreed to that and they came back and said he really loves your wine so we just, can we and I said oh can we supply Graham for him and his guests on the show which they agreed to and um, you know so the next day I ran a Sunday start time here in New Zealand and we got like a full page picture with Snoop Dogg and Alex McPherson because they were the guests on the show and that was on the back of supplying the show with 12 bottles right so for the very first one so we went up there I think three or four shows in we, went, we jumped on a plane and went up there and they invited us backstage and we met with Graham and we kind of talked about what we were doing as a winery and that sort of Kiwi down-to-earth approach and he that resonated with him, I think, and then over the years we'd sort of kept, kept chipping away at him <laughs> yeah. going to the show and, and coming back uh, backstage and, um, you know, he I'd seen him in his agent sort of any awards that we'd won in any wine, <laughs> whether it was here in New Zealand or the... Um, wine awards, which, yeah. you know, we just, we're just sort of kept, you know, we're doing this. And then about three or four years into the partnership, I asked him if he'd be keen to make a wine with us. And initially it was, you will be keen, but we've got to make it fun in how we do it. And, um, you know, trial it in New Zealand first and see how it goes. So it kind of built like that. Now, he hasn't been out here, has he? 
Not yet. Hey, no. I, I heard that he doesn't like to fly. Uh, he, he does fly because he shoots um, around. He goes up to New York once a year, but right. uh, he's super busy with his show. And yeah. It's kind of getting that window for him to come down here. And, uh, you know, I think it, more people watch his show in New Zealand per capita than the UK. He is loved here in New Zealand. It's crazy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to getting him down here at some stage. And I think as well, I mean, this, I, I just love the simplicity of just picking up the phone and just saying, hey, look, Here's here's some of our wine, and I mean the fact that he loved it. I mean you must have just been like there must have been a massive fist pump moment, like to start with, just like oh thank God that worked. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean you know every idea like that, there's probably about thirty that we've tried that haven't worked right. So it's kind of yeah, we've, this is awesome, and you know just keep you know every week since 2011, right? You know until this year we we still supply twelve bottles every week. Yep. that show um, and since 2014 with Graham making his wine range with him every year so we meet with Graham every year and sit down with him um, to to taste through the wines for that year for him to sign off and now obviously the gin as well so now it's awesome and when he agreed to do the wine that was amazing um, you know that was a real coup for us but then we had to think about how we get him involved in the whole process which was you know we do a blending session with him every year I bet he's an absolute hoot on a couple of vinos too eh I uh, just, as you see him on the show, is exactly how he is with us. So much fun. One year we went out to um, we went out to Ireland, out to West Cork, out by where he had his, his holiday home, and we did the blending with him that day, and um, that was a lot of fun. It was just Rob and I, and we had a Kiwi crew, film crew with us. They filmed the whole lot, and then we um, then he said you should go to this restaurant, and then afterwards just knock on my door, come round to my place, and we'll go to the pub. So we went <laughs> around and sitting in a pub with Graham Norton at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, having a Guinness in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, oh, I love that. And um, obviously there's another there's another big name in the mix now, which, you know, Carrie Bradshaw, a.k.a. Sarah Jessica Parker. And do, was that kind of like the same hustle? Did you Because the, the hustle to get Graham is great. Was it a similar kind of hustle with SJP? Yeah, I, w- I would say uh, it took us about 12 months of that hustle, um, presenting uh, what we had done with Graham and what we wanted to do with Sarah Jessica Parker. So, um, yeah, and, and, you know, the US is a completely different market and it wasn't sort of on that sort of key. We chipped our way in. It was more, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is the strategy and we'd love to bring her on board. Uh, so, yeah, and we've, um, you know, we identified her as being a great partner. She's a great businesswoman in her own right, and she could bring that, but also longevity in the industry and, you know, uh, an audience or a following that was sort of resonated who we wanted to target, you know, 35 plus or females <laughs> drinking wine was where we wanted to be. So, yeah, we, after, you know, many sort of conversations and then with um, her agent and then she jumped on the phone to Rob and I, and that was pretty amazing to hear her voice on my cell phone yeah. and then we flew up and, and met with her in New York, sat down over a couple of bottles of wine and just chatted through what we wanted to do with her and the whole project and she was super enthusiastic, she was emailing me when she was trying different wines and um, yeah, it was it was yeah, a big major thing for us to get her on board. What do you think in your heart of hearts gets you over the line with, I mean you've got Graham Norton, Sarah Jessica Parker, probably don't need to. Um, quite busy people. 
um, you know, have have, have a successful careers in their own rights. Why do you think that they go, do you know what? We will do that. I think um, what we I think what we bring to the table in terms of our approach that kind of that no BS the um, down to earth Kiwi part of it we're just chatting and you know it's we want it to be a win win for, for both Graham and Sarah Jessica Clark and ourselves I think we present the concept this is we want you on this is not a one off this is long term like with Graham already six years and ongoing he's a shareholder now and the same with Sarah Jessica she was. You know, we want this. We're going to be sitting down with you every year for the next X amount of years, um, and this is you know we want you to be part of this. This is a true partnership, and so I think that resonated with both of them. Um, the fact that we're not some big corporate saying you need to be here at this time, da da da, da um, was I think what they liked as well, both of them. Uh, and, and with Sarah, just she's on the board of our company now. Um, so Rob and I had a board meeting with her last year, our first one, and that was. <laughs> Over lunch, and you know, and she's like, "Oh, he's going to take the minutes," and You're I was like, like "Oh, oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was pretty funny. So she's pretty engaged, and the way she talks about the partnership now, when speaking to media and things, it's so, uh, it, it's it's amazing, uh, you know, the enjoyment she gets out of it as well for us, uh, which which is cool. Um, I, I'm quite curious to as to what is the actual reasoning as well, though, for you guys to get the likes of these two behind uh, in vivo. Like, if you look at New Zealand wine, it's pretty well known and we have a great reputation. So what is the reasoning? Is it a marketing edge that you think, because, I mean, I I don't know if I'm being naive here, but I I can't think of any other New Zealand wine that does this. But is there a reasoning behind it uh, that you've sort of gone with those two? For sure. sure. So firstly, I guess the model... um, it opens doors where they wouldn't open for us before. The buyers don't need another wine. They don't need another New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc because they've got a great range already. So how, you know, the key with for us is how, how do we get into these big retailers um, without having millions of dollars to throw at them and say, well, here's, here's the money put us in. Um, so we struggled in those early days to actually get, you know, time with any of these sort of key buyers. We never wanted to be boutique uh, or small and niche, and you know that there's others that can do that, play that part. Um, we wanted, we truly wanted to grow to be a global company, a global brand. So, but we couldn't get meetings with buyers. I think we met with one UK retailer, Tesco. It took us five years to get a meeting with that buyer. So, um, you know, the, once we had Graham on board, um, and we could show what the brand was doing and the models. So, like having Graham involved in the production every year and all this sort of stuff was so. Um, interesting for the buyer and you know that's a big name behind us which was which was awesome so yeah it just it gives us opportunities um and what we worked with graham was that whole model and then could we take that model to the us and open the same doors for us with you know key retailers and buyers um and it has and you know i brought sarah jessica to a meeting last year with costco and she was up on presenting to the main buyer for costco i didn't tell the buyers that she was coming with me to the meeting and they walked in and they were just blown away that she was she was there so uh, that's kind of what it does for us do you make sure as well though that you've got your like when you're meeting with her that your shoes are immaculate and your outfit is absolutely on point because she i mean you know she's quite fashionable just saying yeah, yeah, exactly. We um, 
Yeah, we <laughs> made sure that we're uh, got our best down number ones on that day. Yeah, like uh, shoes are clean and immaculate. That, yeah, we brought some red band gumboots from the warehouse and took them up uh, to her and said, right, you're on board with us. Here's some New Zealand, you know, Kiwi gumboots are pretty popular. Oh. Firstly, they should put some the, the, the galoshes up in the US, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, she goes, oh, they're, yeah, they're fantastic. So, uh, yeah, we've got to make sure that we're looking, looking out there. Oh, I love that. Do you think she's worn them? Do you think she's worn the gumboots? Uh, I think they're still up in their office. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure, but she thought they're pretty cool, though. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. She'll wear. She. She. I reckon she. She could kind of like make them into stilettos or something. You know, like a red band stiletto or something. She's pretty smart like that. Um, <laughs> now back to you and Rob. Like, so you guys have been friends f- since school, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Grew up in Auckland, yeah, school here, yeah. So tell me, which is awesome, so, so awesome. Can I ask you, though, about the challenges or how you manage being mates and business partners? Yeah, I think um, it, it works really well for us. We, um, you know, we kind of just let each other get on and do their own thing. So Rob, being the winemaker, he's um, managing our winery and all the wines and production and that sort of things. So and my background was sort of, more the marketing side so um yeah we it, it's i know it doesn't work for some you know being in business with mates or family but for us it, it works really well so um yeah it's kind of we just let each other do our thing and we trust each other um to do our jobs well so that's that's really key is it also key then as well to have a, a good amount of people around you that you trust so that you know you can feed back off other people as well with such a, you know, sort of like a, a, a small crew? Yeah, uh, I think we've got, a, we've got a board and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, and our mates would, um, you know, tell us, you know, if we're doing something wrong and that sort of things. But, yeah, I think it's mainly just kind of Rob and I and we usually just catch up and, um, you know, every couple of days and just chat about what we're up to. And, it's, and we sort of bounce off each other and, you know, and then... Just give it a crack, really. It's pretty. It's just like, yeah, mate, yeah, good. Much <laughs> like the much like the pub in London, that kind of conversation. That, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but yeah, just like as the as the business grown, the numbers have grown, and, and, and people and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And I, I assume that you've paid off the credit cards. Yeah, yeah, that took a while. <laughs> It took a long time and you, and you become the master of, uh, you know, those balanced transfers where you get zero percent interest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yes, I know those well. <laughs> but, yeah, they took a while to come, but they, they have been paid off, thankfully. Oh, that's good. Um, so you've got wine and you've got gin and you've got some awards, you know, an award in Kazakhstan and, and all sorts. Um, <laughs> do, do you feel like there's more to achieve? Is there more in the pipeline? What are you sort of thinking about now? Yeah, I, th- I think for us um, – there's a lot of work in, um, you know, here in New Zealand in the export markets with the launch of we've just launched a couple of weeks ago the Sarah Jessica Parker Rosé, so that's from France. So we kind of unique. We operate um, not only here in New Zealand, but we have partnerships in Australia, um, Italy, in France, and Ireland. So we're doing a prosecco out of um, Italy for Graham. Oh, good, good. We're, we're, and then we're doing this. We went and spent some time in France last year to do this um, French rosé. Yum. Um, so with Sarah Jessica Parker, it's potentially looking at what other wines that we can um, launch with her and maybe other categories um, like we have with Graham and doing the Graham Norton Gin, um, you know, 
so we'll explore that over the years, over the coming years. Um, and then looking at that model, do we take that model to another part of the world? Um, so with first with Graham, we kind of worked out what worked and why it worked with him and then took that to the States with Syracuse Park and now can we take it somewhere else? So that's what we'll be looking at as well. And if you were to do that, are you just going to stay tried and true to the, I'm just going to pick up the phone and just say, hey, doing a couple of boxes of uh, our wine? Because it seems to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. You know, we wouldn't sort of deviate from what we do. Um, so, yeah, we, I think we'd, we'd build that credibility with what we're up to with Graham and Syracuse Parker. So, you know, and then obviously – Click someone some wine and see how it goes. Yeah, I love. I think. I think it's perfect. I think it's absolutely perfect. Um, now, talk to me about uh, the Sierra Jessica Parker Rosé because I have to admit um, that I have got a bottle here at home, and then I'm going to have to be incredibly embarrassed and reveal that I, I was going to have that, but I've obviously gone with the gin. But the um, bottle has a cork in it, and I don't have a corkscrew so is that is that because i think people get re- do people get really funny about that i mean it's so traditional um but i couldn't bloody open it yeah yeah you're not the first um a lot of well since the launch here in new zealand a week or two ago you know i've had you know a few mates going i've lost my bloody you know corkscrew bottle like that because everything's like screw cap here um not so bad in the u.s but yeah you know you can open it with a shoe you can open a bottle with a shoe you should Google that on YouTube because uh, seriously, on YouTube because you, can, you, you tap it up against the wall. You, you put it into the back of the shoe, and uh, you tap it up against the sort of a hard wall, and the, the cork starts sliding out. So, worst case scenario. <laughs> okay, now you know that I want to try that. So I, I will, I will go and have a look at that. That's interesting. Um, now, Kiwi Yarns quick fire questions for you. Um, what do you bring to a Summer barbecue. <laughs> Here's all the wine that I've made, everybody. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I was just thinking about that. I think, um, yeah, it has to be. Everyone always expects me to bring, <laughs> to bring the wines and, and now the gin, right? So I'm always having to rock up with a, a case of, a mixed case of some of our wines and, you know, Savion, the Rosé, the Shiraz that we do for Seco. So I think people are disappointed if I don't. So yeah. basically every barbecue these days, it's, bringing your own products. Yeah. Now, just on that, what what's your tipple? Like, what do you drink? Depends what time of year it is. But, you know, right now, sort of getting a bit colder into winter, I do like some sort of big reds. So, you know, Shiraz or so Shiraz from New Zealand or, you know, I'll try something from Australia or um, something from um, the US as well, some big Napa sort of Cabernet Sauvignon. So, and then throughout the um, summer, Chardonnay has been drinking and then, you know, gin and tonics and mixing. There's so many um, great tonics now. Yeah. Well. So um, we we do actually do a partnership with Fever Tree here in New Zealand and they've got a Mediterranean, they've got this sort of orange tonic, they've got all sorts of stuff um, now to mix. So, yeah, the old gin and tonic's great for, for summer. Yeah, no, they're, well, they're perfect. I can confirm that they're perfect uh, all year round. Um, question number two, Kiwi Yarns Quickfire. Five Kiwi people can be anyone as well, by the way, uh, that you're inviting to the summer barbecue. Okay. Um, I thought Neil Finn for the tunes, you know, just Brilliant. getting on the guitar. Yep. I thought, um, stuff that's someone that's passed, I thought Billy T. James, oh, just for the comedy. Yes. The <laughs> I think, uh, who else is it? Um, Mike McRoberts, because I love that guy. <laughs> he can do no wrong. 
so true. That's so yeah. true. It's like it's, it's he just he does the news. He can run marathons. He can dance. It's like oh, calm down, man. I know, I know. Uh, I was talking to my partner about it and she, she, every night. She goes, oh, there's Mike on the TV. She's got something going on. But anyway, he's, he's, he's man. So, <laughs> so, the, uh, so the partner would be happy uh, about that then as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Sure. Um, and, and then uh, Josh Emmett for the food, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just to help out on the barbie. Uh, and then I was thinking, um, since it's pretty Kiwi as sort of show, maybe the Briscoe's lady. <gasps> Tammy. Just, uh, yes. The longevity of her and being a great brand ambassador, she's brilliant. She, like to, okay, so, she, her name was Tammy. But Tammy, yeah. her name is Tammy, and she actually lives down um, Canterbury. And I can confirm to you that she's everything you would hope for and more when you meet her. Um, Amazing. I, I'll just segue slightly for a moment here. I'm not kidding you, this is a true story. Just before Christmas last year, I walked into a Briscoe's here in Christchurch. And the first person to be standing in that Briscoe store was Tammy. And I've in the, store. in the store, in the store. And I've met and interviewed a lot of famous musicians and celebrities. And I walked into the store and went, <laughs> ah! and made quite a scene. And she turned around and she was like, hi, Brody. And then I lost the plot because I was like, she knows who I am. <laughs> and we had this big hug. And she was, she is, I swear to you, just. Amazing. Oh my God, she's so Brilliant. cool. She's the Brilliant. coolest woman in the world. Yeah. And so, I mean, how long has she been doing those ads? Forever. And just nails it every time. Every time. I know. No, that's it. I think that's a perfect. Uh, we could probably make that happen, to be honest. She, oh, I love that. Good from you. Well, that's a, that's a great, um, great guest list. Um, your third question in the Kiwi Yarns quickfire is your favourite Kiwi artist or song? Probably sticking on that Neil Finn sort of crowded house, um, you know, don't dream it's over. I know it's a, it's a classic, and but you know, potentially hearing that live would be, I think it's great. So that would be my choice. Oh, good, I like that. And uh, number four, where would you love to go in New Zealand that you haven't been? Uh, I haven't been around that sort of Golden Bay Nelson area for summer, which I'd love to do at some stage. Um, also now, since travelling overseas is sort of ruled out, mm. I'd like to do some of the walks like the Able Tasman and all that sort of stuff. So that's what I'm looking at actually at the moment. I've never done those walks in, down in the South Island before. That's so a, that's, that's the go. That's inc- <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? When you, I mean, you actually think about how many things there are to do here. And how many we yeah. haven't we haven't done, and I'm I'm the same. It's like th- those great walks just seem absolutely incredible, and so I think you should you should book in. Yeah, yeah. I was looking in the paper the other day, and apparently they're all booked out over summer now because everyone's going. Well, what can we do? <laughs> well, that's and that's like the camper vans as well, right? It's like yes. yeah. now the camper vans are all sold out, so it's good that people are doing that though. Yeah. Um, now finish this sentence. I am most happy in New Zealand when I am. Over summer, New Year's period, um, on a surfboard in the Coromandel somewhere, maybe Fongmatar or further up the coast, or even up north around Mangawai, just sitting on a board, you know, 25, 26 degrees, nice summer day, um, and that, that would be it. That's, that's what I enjoy the most about this country, and um, you know, around mates at that time of year, just coming back and having barbecues at night and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's, you know, I've travelled a lot around the world, and you know, you're still pine for that those experiences every year oh absolutely so be my choice 
Summer and Christmas will be will be here in a moment and you'll be out on the surfboard in no time. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to it. Hey, well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And um, look, if you ever need, like you just need a um, like a low-key New Zealand gin person to come and drink gin with Graham, <laughs> I'm, I'm always free. So just don't forget that, all right? <laughs> Definitely, and we'll uh, keep that in mind for when we next meet up and do a bit of a tasting. I think. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. But look, no, seriously, thank you, and well done. I mean, you must, you seem incredibly humble, so it's always funny when you ask people about their success and it's sort of, sort of like, oh, don't make a fuss about that. But you do, you must have those kind of pinch yourself moments sometimes. Yeah, I think sometimes when you're in New York and... Um, when we, when we launched with Sarah Jessica Parker and there was a queue down Madison Ave and that was first time, it was like a 500 metre queue and we had, because I was ringing up every Kiwi I knew in New York saying, we're going to be launching because we were worried about having a crowd with Sarah Jessica Parker and, like, and then we just see this crowd that was lining up from the early morning and it stopped traffic on the road and that was for what we've created. That was a pretty massive um, thing for both Rob and I and, you know, that, and then that night we had a launch event and, Sarah Jessica brought her husband Matthew Broderick there and there was sort of some well-known actors and actresses and we were doing a speech in front of those people. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just going off and doing a speech in front of, you know, such and such. Uh, that was, yeah, those sort of amazing times. But other, other than that, it's kind of like it's full steam ahead the whole time. We don't really get too much, probably almost a cold of ours, we don't really get too much time to um, sort of sit back and say, oh, you know, we've, we've gone all right. But there's always something else to do, so that's kind of the challenge with it all. I guess as well, though, um, what I love about hearing stories like this as well is that you know people see the the launch or they see the new wine and they see the success, but actually with it comes years and years of just hard graft. Just hard graft, getting knocked back so many times, uh, and then having another go and having another go, and then um, when it comes through, you're almost like a, we got there, and then what's the next thing? So. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see where it's at. Though. Oh well, look, I wish you all the best with the uh, with the next steps. Um, I will go and buy a corkscrew so that I can try that rosé. But in the meantime, <laughs> I'll just sit here with Graham's gin. Um, Tim, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me on.